0: as the official health care provider of minnesota united alina health is focused on keeping our loons in top condition and with expertise in orthopedics sports medicine heart care and more alina has the team to keep your family in the game too the experts at alina health take the time to get to know you as a whole person helping you achieve wellness for your mind body and spirit It's an altogether better kind of healthcare. Learn more at alinahealth.org.
1: Morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when this finds you. Welcome to the Sound of the Loons podcast presented by Alina Health. I am uh, a guest host now. I'm Steve McPherson uh started this podcast way back in the day uh sound of the loons which was uh so much fun one of my favorite things to do with minnesota united uh and i'm thrilled to be back here uh filling in for Kendra D st albin uh while she's working on the women's world cup which i'm sure is something we'll get to talking about uh i'm super happy to welcome uh susanna collins uh onto the podcast how's it going i'm great how are you I'm doing good. I is are you in you're not in Minnesota right
2: now. No, I'm not in okay. Minnesota. I am in uh, Norwalk, Connecticut.
1: Oh, yeah. I used to I used to live in Norwalk, Connecticut. Wait,
2: no way. <laughs> Get out of here! Nobody, nobody knows about Norwalk. I,
1: I know. So I lived in, I lived in. Technically, I lived in South Norwalk. Okay, uh, and I lived there from two thousand one to two thousand three or so. So forever. Get out
2: of town! But yeah, out of town. Yeah. I well, I lived in Brooklyn
1: the the aquarium the oh podostro, the aquarium's diner. Great. yeah it's good there's all this great stuff yeah
2: no i lived in brooklyn for years and then with the the new job with Galazzo network the studios are in stamford connecticut oh, okay. so I needed a, a little bit of a better commute um so norwalk was the choice and here i am
1: <laughs> that was that was sort of the 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 motivation behind our choice i was in a band at the time and we were playing oh, in new york that's way the- cooler <laughs> well i I mean it wasn't the band didn't, didn't <laughs> succeed so um but the one of the other guy i lived with was teaching in connecticut and he taught in uh water water near waterbury so um it's a good spot for that for sure
2: yeah <laughs> it's not bad i live right by the water it's actually it's a lovely little community i have no complaints yeah
1: yeah for sure um on another personal note um i you have another personal connection to minnesota united too.
2: I sure do. I sure do. Um, I am engaged to Ian Fuller, who uh, just happens to be the assistant coach for Minnesota United. So, yeah, I'm. Uh, it's a club very near and dear to my heart.
1: <laughs> so we know if, <laughs> if there's if there's any problems, if the team has any problems on the field, we know who to blame. It's exactly, Ian, yeah, exactly,
2: hundred percent. <laughs> no, he's yeah, the best he- assistant coach in the league. He's he's <laughs> very valuable to the team.
1: I had I had a tremendous dinner with him once upon a time in Seattle when we were out uh, when the team was playing uh, the Sounders with Eric Durkee and him and somebody else at a fantastic um, Korean place that was uh, sort of near uh, Pike's uh, the near the market. The market. Um, Sure. Yeah, it was it was amazing. I think that was uh, that was the most I hung out with Ian in any concerted way. But he also came on the podcast. So, you know, it's front of the pod.
2: Absolutely. So, yeah, we like to keep it in the fam, you know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: So let, let's talk a little bit about uh, Morning Footy, this daily morning show that, uh, that, that you're working on. Uh, it's on from 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern time, which means that for us here in Minnesota, it's 6 to 8 a.m. That's very early to get up, but maybe it's a good thing to get up and have your coffee with uh, talking about soccer a little bit.
2: I mean, that's our idea. Yeah, we we wanted to give some uh, a product to people who, you know, soccer fans for they can kind of start their day because like I remember back in the day, like when I would wake up and I'd put on like a sports center or whatever was on ESPN, you know, and it was just kind of this banter, banter, banter. And but they're never talking about soccer. You know, there was never right. there was never anything. There was never an outlet for that. So this kind of scratches that that itch for for people who just kind of want to get a a really big sort of overview on what's going on in in the soccer world because we we cover it all on Morning Footy.
1: Yeah, it's it's fun. I I watch some clips on on YouTube, you know, just sort of checking it and checking it out. And I liked it. Did sort of give me that Sports Center vibe of it feels casual and fun, and not like you're just just talking tactics or anything like that. Like you're not taking it too seriously. Talking to Walker Zimmerman about his Taylor Swift fandom and things like that. And um, yeah, it just, it just seems like a really fun group of people. Like how did that, how did that group come together? Like sort of where did the idea come from?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so Pete Radovich, who is kind of the the brains behind the entire operation, um, when they decided, when CBS decided to launch uh, the Galazzo network, which is basically just an entirely soccer specific streaming network They wanted a show to just kind of to kind of anchor all of the programming. And so um, he kind of came up with this idea to have this this morning show. And the it's funny because I'm sure, as you know, the soccer media world is very small. So, you know, when I when you look at that desk, like it's me and Nico Cantor and Charlie Davies and Alexis Guerrero. I had worked with all of them in some capacity um, over the years. And so there was kind of already like a built-in rapport there because we we had known each other. And um, Pete is really, really good. He's also, he's the brains behind the Champions League coverage on CBS as mm-hmm. well. And you see what he's done with the likes of Kate Abdo and Jimmy Carragher and Micah Richards and Thierry Henry. And so he's really good at identifying personalities that he think will mesh well that will challenge each other you know that will you know he we can kind of grind each other's gears a a little bit um but all obviously in a in a friendly tone but um it was it was kind of his baby and and this was uh it was his idea to to bring us all together and i pete was actually the person who gave me My start in the industry wasn't even soccer related. It was um, like in 2011, he kind of plucked me from obscurity to be a correspondent on Inside the NFL. And so it's kind of for me, it's sort of this interesting, like full circle moment that I have sort of ended up back working with him and the CBS family. But Um, Gosh, we have, we have so much fun. I I am not a morning person. I will say that straight off the bat. (laughs) It's, I mean, like none of us really were because when you work in sports, like you're so used to staying up late to cover matches or watch games. And so it, it, it takes a very special group of people for me to get excited to wake up in the morning. Um, but I genuinely love all of my, my coworkers. We, we have, we have a really good time despite the fact that our call time is 5.00 AM.
1: <laughs> that is, that is very early. Is it, yeah. uh, are you, are you, are you a coffee person? Are you a tea oh, yeah. person? Like what, coffee. You coffee.
2: I okay. have to have coffee. I have to have at least like two substantial cups of coffee before the show airs to even um have a prayer of of getting through it cuz when you think about it, it's so daunting right it's like 2 hours we've got to talk about soccer for 2 hours what can we possibly talk about there's always something to talk about yeah. but yeah like the, the caffeine is essential
1: Now, just just straight up like black coffee. What do you do? Milk, sugar. I've gotten a
2: little I used to be I used to be one of these like cream and sugar, you know, like make it like as sweet as possible. And I have I think like the earlier that I've had to get up. I'm like, no, I need it. I need it dark. I need it dark. So now I've gotten to the point where it's basically black, but there's just like a little teeny little splash of of milk or half and half in there. But yeah, I like it strong.
1: <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I'm I'm definitely I've been a black coffee drinker for quite a while. And you know, I'm like I have two kids in the morning, I gotta get them out the door. I you know, I if anybody asks me anything, I can't communicate, but mm-hmm. I can maybe <laughs> do things. So the idea of getting on camera. That you know that early is 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 pretty daunting to me as, as well. Um, but you're so you're saying a lot about the in terms of the meshing and and you want to still be able to like push each other a little bit because sports yeah. shows should, shouldn't be too polite. There needs to be a little bit of no.
2: There know, definitely sparring, n- right? needs to be. And it's interesting because like Alexis Guerrero's, for example, is a stand-up comedian by trade. Like that mm-hmm. is his that that's his line of work. And so it and he you know he's a guy who is programmed to look for the openings and look for a moment to, (laughs) to either like stick it to you or, you know, just an an incredible one-liner, which he does all the time. Um, But it's nice because we, uh, you know, Charlie is a, brings that former player aspect. And so Mm -hmm. he, he brings that to the table. Nico is kind of our encyclopedia. He's like the nerd of the group and he would be totally fine with me calling him that by the way. <laughs> he he loves he loves nerding out um over all things soccer. I mean, he knows things about like the most obscure leagues um in the world. So, it's just this kind of we're all very very different and it just it just kind of works and we um yeah, I think we we challenge each other, but we also really respect each other, and I think that that's at the end of the day, that's probably the most important aspect of it and why it works.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. As far as having things to talk about, I, uh, I mean, I, I want to ask you about Messi and like what having him come to MLS has done. I mean, I a for the sport, but also just in terms of the chance to have him in the conversation and how much attention that that brings to the sport.
2: You know, it. I was watching the the match last night against Atlanta United and. I like, I still can't quite believe it. Like I can't actually believe that he is here playing in major league soccer, playing in North America, playing at this ridiculously high level. I mean, it's, it's just so special. Like we talk about it on the show all the time. Like this is just, it is absolutely seismic for the growth of the game here and people that didn't care about MLS people that didn't care about soccer in this country are now watching these matches. And so it's, you know, in the same way, there's been a lot of comparisons made about, you know, like when Beckham came over in, in 2007, I think this is even bigger. I think this is going to, to change the landscape um, even more significantly because it's raised the game. You saw it last night. I mean, I kept having to remind myself that, Miami are actually in last place in the East and the way that they were playing with Messi and Busquets on the field together was sublime. It was like, I talked about on the show today, how like, you know, Michael Jordan, when he played, he raised the level of everybody else around him. And it feels like that is exactly what's happening at Inter Miami right now. And it's going to put, it's going to put so much pressure on every other club in this league thinking like, we've just b- been able to bring in literally the best player to ever play the game, who is still the best player. It's not like he's right. fallen off form at all. Clearly not. Um, I I just think that it's going to, I think it's going to force everybody and the entire league to kind of raise the ceiling as it should. And especially when we like think about looking ahead to 2026 and the world cup coming here. I mean, it's just this, this yeah. sport is like on this crazy upwards trajectory and the messy effect is is so so real it's like we just like lit a match on gasoline
1: it's like (laughs) and i'm so here
2: for it i'm so here for it
1: (laughs) well you know I, i feel like the thing with mls is that you know it's it's such a it's a long season there's a lot of um variance between uh you know stadiums and like road trips and home field advantage is such a big part of it and i feel like over years you would see Teams just need to get hot at the right time. Like, how can you get hotter than just adding Busquets and messing your team in the middle of the season? Like, the good plan, good plan, plan. <laughs>
2: yeah, well played, well played. Also, add like Tata Martino in the mix. You know, like yeah, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, no one's I even didn't... talking about Tata. It's like, oh, he I casually know, I know. won uh, MLS Cup in his in his second year in charge. No big deal. Like, it's yeah. fine.
1: Yeah. I had, you know, and again, as someone like, I'm not, I'm not, don't follow as closely as when I worked for Minnesota United. And I was, I was reading the news and I was like, Messi, I look like I heard about this. And I was like, Oh wait, Tata Martino's coming too. Like, like he was the talk of the town with Atlanta United. Like it's, I know. Uh, it's wild. So it is, it's, it's pretty,
2: <laughs> it's pretty incredible, but it's just, it's so exciting. Actually Ian and I were texting last night during the, during the game and we were both like, How fun is this? Like, like this, like MLS has just become that much more fun to watch and, and compelling. And it was like, and also just like, Messi looks so happy. Like he looks so joyful playing. And that, I think like when you see a guy like that, who is just this like global phenom, absolutely loving his life and playing at at such a high level, like it's infectious. I don't know if you're, if you're a soccer fan and you are not enjoying this, like what is wrong with you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing to see him because he's, I mean, I feel like obviously is one of the greats he has, he has had so much pressure on his shoulders in so many situations for Argentina, you know, for, for Barcelona, like for all these different teams, you know, coming to a place like PSG and it's like, this is the expectation you're messy. I feel like there's got to be something about coming to a place like MLS and this is not to downgrade the quality of playing MLS. It's very good, but a place where it's, it's just a little different. Like he can be a little freer, a little more open. Mm-hmm. Obviously he's, I mean, he's in trouble walking the streets of Miami. I'll tell you, somebody who's been to Miami when I was in little Havana, there were so many messy posters around all over the place he's going to get recognized but not the same way as you know in spain or someplace like
2: no that, so. i mean the fact that he was able to in in that opening match in league's cup against cruz azul and when he scored the goal the free kick and ran over to his kids and hugged them like he couldn't you can't do that you can't do right. that in europe like that's never gonna happen and the fact that he's going to be able to to have those moments like that's that's so cool and it, it seems like um He was clearly unhappy in Paris, clearly unhappy Mm -hmm. with the situation at at PSG. And I think him sort of, I don't know, feeling maybe invigorated at at this point in his career is um, it's a it's a really good sign of things to come.
1: Yeah, well. I know you're a pro because you opened up the door for the League's Cup uh, segue there. So <laughs> let's talk a little bit about uh, you know League's League's Cup and how things have been going so far. This is the first time uh, this this crazy format is happening. What is what have been your overall impressions? Like what teams have have stood out to you in this in this format so far?
2: Uh, well, can we can we give some love to the Loons for a very <laughs> dominating performance against Puebla? Yeah. I mean that was impressive, and I, you know, I'll be honest. I don't until I took this job at Morning Footy, like I, I followed Liga MX a little bit, but mostly like you know the Club Americas and the mm-hmm. the, the Cruz Azul like the bigger the bigger name teams. So um, this has been interesting because it's been kind of an opportunity to to dive into to the Mexican teams a little bit, and and Puebla is one of these teams that has kind of struggled, but I think like for For Minnesota to make a statement like that in the opening match, especially at home, where surprisingly they haven't been able to win that much this season, I think bodes really, really well. Um, Another team that has, I think, is scary good right now is RSL. RSL Mm -hmm. are on an absolute... I mean they handled the Sounders 3-0 and they I think they're unbeaten in like their last 11 matches across all competitions they add Chicho Arango like to the mix like are you (laughs) kidding me are you kidding me um they're clicking so well right now and I think you saw it actually in the game against uh Minnesota Minnesota were up in that game and Mm-hmm. rsl are just one of these teams it's very classic pablo mastroini they just don't give up you know like they yeah. they will run through a brick wall f- through this man and so they've always had that fight they've always had that tenacity where they're never out of games you can never rule them out but now you add a piece like chicho arango you look at a guy like justin glad who is having the the season of his life demir Crylock is is mm-hmm. healthy and fit again and you think you look at the west and the West is kind of open and I, and I'm sort of like, "Mm, yeah. So I, I RSL are one of my favorites in leagues cup. I think they can win some hardware this year. And I I think that they can challenge for the top of the West as well.
1: Yeah. The West is very, I mean, just having, you know, looking at sporting Kansas city, how they were going and then how they've turned that around recently, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like, it's true. They just quickly, you can move up, move up the standings and RSL has always had that the team is more than the individual vibe to them, you know, which I think comes along with a lot of sort of small market teams. It's like, it's gotta be the team together, but you add, you know, a couple dominant pieces in there here and there, like it can totally energize the entire thing. So.
2: Oh yeah. Completely, completely. And and you kind of said it at the, at the top. Like, I mean, it's in MLS, like you get hot at the, at the right time and anything, anything can happen. I always think back to it was my first year covering MLS in 2016 that in July of that year, the Seattle Sounders were at, at the bottom of the Western Conference. Like they were right. literally in last place and then end up going on this crazy second half run and win, win MLS Cup. So it's, you're never really out in, in MLS, yeah. which makes it extra fun.
1: <laughs> it is kind of fun. I mean, I like the playoffs. I mean, I know they've gone to the the two-leg playoff, back to the two-leg playoffs. I kind of mm-hmm. like the single elimination playoffs because it was just... Hey, you know, it's a toss-up. Like who knows? Yeah. So
2: yeah. Chaos, yeah. Chaos is good. <laughs> chaos. And MLS is in fact the uh the league, the league of chaos, which it's uh so- I, I mean, you either you you just kind of have to embrace it, you know, yeah. like to to know it is to love it. And and <laughs> I I just I love it. I love it with all my heart. I do feel I do feel for some of these uh, these Mexican clubs, though. I think we saw, did you see the um the footage of uh Leon who got stuck in the Vancouver?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Airport. And, you know, they were sleeping on the floor of the Vancouver airport to make it back down to Los Angeles for their game against the Galaxy, which was then subsequently postponed. And I think it's kind of it's a strange dynamic to have the Mexican sides playing against each other in America as well. So I think I think eventually I'm wondering if like they're going to you know, maybe divide and some games will be played at stadiums in Mexico. Some will be played here. I think it puts, it puts some of the the Mexican teams at uh, a little bit of a a disadvantage in this, in this competition, but this is the first iteration of this form of, of leagues cup. So I'm sure, I'm sure they're, Don Garb is taking all kinds of notes. I'm sure. (laughs) Areola is like, okay, no, no, no. (laughs) Can't do this anymore. There's, there's conversations happening.
1: I'm, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of changes coming once they figure out what's worked and what hasn't. I mean, I'm sure they're taking lessons that were learned from you know the the tournament in Florida during the pandemic. You know, like that oh, was its own. So, remember <gasps> that? That was crazy.
2: <laughs> just got. I was like triggered when he just started. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. MLS is back. Like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? Gosh, that was a wild, wild times, man. It's it's the league of chaos.
1: You're so right. So. um <laughs> So the Minnesota's next opponent, uh, Chicago fire coming up, uh, Thursday in just a, in in just a day's time. Mm -hmm. Um, what's your, what's your early take on the Minnesota United versus uh, Chicago fire uh, matchup?
2: Um, I mean, I think if you had asked me a few weeks ago, I would have been like, well, Minnesota United are, um, are the favorites in this one. Chicago though, still. I feel like they've kind of turned a corner a little bit. They're one of these like teams that they've gotten a bunch of good results, um, and no one's really talking about them. I have to give a huge amount of credit to um, to Frank Klopas, who since taking over for for Ezra Hendrickson, obviously he this is a guy who uh, is is very entrenched within that club, has been in and around it for so many years, so he's incredibly familiar, but. It just seems like you know they're they're getting the best out of uh, a bunch of young players, and and to see, <laughs> I know uh, we can talk about a guy like Shakiri and what a bust that he has been since mm-hmm. since coming over, but you know you're you're even starting to see him kind of turn things around. So I, I I it could be, but again they haven't been. I can't. I have to think. Look at their their away record, but I still think that um, Minnesota, the addition of Timu Puki. Reynoso being back and just, I mean, I feel like he's, if not like a hundred percent there, I mean, the way he played against Puebla, the man is just, I mean, he's just special. He just, he just performs on a different level. Uh, Bongi has been um, such a pleasant surprise for this team. And Mm -hmm. I think for Minnesota, they're, they're just a hard team to beat. They have been this entire season even even the the games that they've lost they've they've been in for the most part um and mm-hmm. so i i'm going to give the edge to to minnesota in this one because i feel like that reynoso pookie connection that that attack is suddenly looking like it could be really dangerous i mean in the back they've been they've been pretty solid all season long and pretty pretty consistent um, but when you add in uh, an attack and and f- finally being able to produce some goals, I think it bodes it bodes very well. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give the edge to the loons.
1: Yeah, I mean it's I, you know it's it's hardly news, but Minnesota United's like ongoing thing has been just getting that scoring going. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like for so many seasons, it's like you know certain th- it's you know Darwin Quintero comes in and sort of lights it up, but then. Sort of falls off a little bit. It doesn't quite get there. And you think about Reynoso and Puki and how like that partnership is just beginning. Like there's, which is scary. I know. It's, it's, scary. Only get I know. <laughs>
2: it's
1: like oh,
2: oh my goodness gracious, yeah. And and you can see it too. You know, like you can see. Uh, the way, the way that Ray ed, is, is playing and the way that he's looking for them and the, you know, that trust that's starting to, to develop, like that is only going to progress. Yeah. And he is such a special player and kind of, you know, he, he makes everyone else around him better as well. So I think, um, I'm looking forward to this kind of like next three months of the season. I think that, that Minnesota are, are likely going to be climbing up the the Western conference standings.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, I definitely, I, I, I'm sure Ian is happy to hear that. So um.
2: <laughs> he did not tell me to say that, by the way, all right, well, he's I so, he's so, a- he's so sweet. He's always like, you know, more than I do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, he's like, I'm give sorry. me the
2: scouting report. What's going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to finish out talking about the women's world cup, obviously huge news uh, going on all the time now in, in, in women's soccer with an event, this awesome uh, that's the the ireland corner kick uh olympico <gasps> which which i i said this is one of my friends i said like olympico like oh like in irish like o oh, apostrophe olympico uh-huh. amazing i mean like that it, like how could it get better than that it was incredible
2: it's so that was that was such a spectacular goal and good for ireland you know like this is their their first world cup and i know the expectations for them are super are super low and they're likely not going to make it out of the group in fact i don't know if they're already mathematically eliminated at this point mm-hmm. because they lost to canada but um, you know, those are the moments, you know, like the world cup is, uh, it's, it's about moments like that and, and moments to build on for, for teams. And that was a, an exceptionally cool moment and what a beautifully taken corner. Oh my God. It was when that, when we saw that in the studio this morning, I mean, it like,
1: we all just lost our minds. It was incredible. <laughs> Katie McCabe, go on, go on. Yeah absolutely it was awesome so what are anything else so far that's that's stood out to you just broadly in in Ooh, world Cup so far
2: um it's been it's been an interesting one i think um you know looking at the at the us i think that that first match against vietnam kind of left a little bit to be desired obviously you get you know you'll you'll take the win you'll take the three points yeah. for for sure but I think people were expecting them to come out and put up like 10 goals, I, you know, the way they did in 2019 against a team like the Philippines when it was 13 mm-hmm. nothing like I think that that's what people were anticipating. Um, but what we have to remember about this US team is that it's very young, you know, there's a yeah. lot of players that are are making their, their World Cup debut and playing in it on this stage for the first time and Sophia Smith spoke about it yeah. after the game, you know, she, she scored a brace, uh, which is a pretty yeah. stunning debut <laughs> if you ask me. Uh, But even she, she was like, there were chances that, you know, I just didn't finish. And she said, it was good to kind of get that first one under, Mm -hmm. under their belt. And so I think that, you know, we are only scratching the surface of what we can see from this U S team. It'll be interesting to see how they line up against the Netherlands, which is the rematch of the final from 2019. That's going to be a good test for them, I think. Um, But I think that some other teams to watch Spain have looked really, really good, and they're one of their best players, Alexia Puteas, She hasn't even played a full ninety yet, and so, but their attack is just is really, really special. Brazil has looked incredibly good. Colombia had a great opening game. Japan, Japan has looked awesome as well, and they're so organized. They're such a fun team to watch. Um, it, they're they they. I believe that they went into 2011. Yeah. They won in 2011. They're, they're always a team that's going to, to contend. And so there's a, there's a handful of teams that um, you should definitely keep your eye on. I think like, if you look at England, you know, who like only managed a one, no win in their, their first game. And that was a team that a lot of people were talking about in terms of like challenging the U S um, mm-hmm. as the, as the favorite They, and they've been knocked down by, by injuries a lot, but I think that they, they, that was, that was concerning. I think that first match was a a little bit concerning for them. So I'm, I'm curious to see how they continue to uh, progress during this tournament, but, um, but yeah, I think I, I feel good about, I mean, I think that the U S are going to emerge out of the group and, um, but there's some, there's some really, really good teams out there. It's going to be super competitive. I think once we get out of the group stages.
1: Yeah. I want to, I sort of want the U S to continue Mm -hmm. kicking everybody's butt, but I like (laughs) that. Everybody else's butt is getting a little bit closer, you know, like it's, there's, there's, there's there's not as, there's not that same gap that there once was. So
2: exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The world is catching up and, uh, but it's a good, it's only a good thing for, for the game globally. So yeah, it's been exciting. I'll tell you what though, this time difference trying to watch these matches (laughs)
1: Oh, oh, it's wild. Depending on where the World Cup is, whether it's men's or women's, it's like, it, it, sometimes you're like, this is great. This is perfect timing for me. I can watch a Saturday morning or whatever like that. Sometimes you're like, this is just, eh, it's just rough. It is, like, it's <laughs> rough.
2: It's so rough. And like, literally, I mean, like there, there's a match that starts at 3.30 in the morning and I, I get up at 4 a.m. for morning right. footy. So 5%. like, I can yeah. at least watch like the second half of that match, but it's like those games that start at like 1.30 in the morning, I'm like, mm, yeah, no, that's just not- yeah. It's not happening. I, I don't,
1: it's an I'm not going to be able point. to watch yeah. this.
2: It's, it's it's not. So I rely on highlights, highlights a lot. But yeah. yeah, for the Men's World Cup, the Men's World Cup this past year was incredible because it was literally like, I feel like I just watched soccer like all day because you would get yeah. up and at seven or whatever and, going, and, just, yeah. and just keep going throughout the day. It was perfect. I was like, yeah, this works for me. This this Australia, New Zealand business is, is a lot tougher to work with.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like I'm I like to imagine you just sort of like brushing your teeth and like uh-huh. pulling your phone as you're watching the end of that three thirty <laughs> <Wanna>, game <laughs> when I half open. <laughs> yes, that is that is how I would be watching it as well. So
2: exactly, um,
1: awesome! I thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, it's lovely to talk to you. Uh, my best to you and Ian. Uh, how are the how are the Thank plans? You. How are oh. the plans going? Do you have like I heard? I remember talking to Ethan Finley about this because when he mm-hmm. got married. It was like every every MLS person's wedding is in like that oh yeah December, January. <laughs> that little we window. Had,
2: we had literally three weekends that we could choose from in December. <laughs> and so we were like Mm, okay like we don't want to get married i'm from chicago originally Mm -hmm. and i'm like it's way too cold in chicago so we're not we're not doing that we're not doing december in chicago so we're actually we're getting married in savannah georgia um Mm. december 22nd so right before christmas which some people are are giving us some shtick about but i was like (laughs) you know cool this is how we're going to weed out the people you know that that really want to be there you know the ones we really want to be there will commit to to coming to the the wedding but yeah Everything is, everything is pretty much like planned that invitations are going out this week. Like it's all, it's all happening. I keep telling him, I'm like, this is, this is happening now. It's happening. Can't take it back, man. We're, <laughs> we're getting hitched. No, it's yep. been, it's been really fun. He's, he is the best. Um, And I'm so proud of him. And um, yeah, he's just, he's done an incredible job over there. So it's been fun to watch.
1: Yeah. Well, congrats to both of you. Uh, you know, the morning footy is super fun. Uh, looking forward to uh, where you guys take it and yeah. Thanks so much for coming on again. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. All right. Thanks.
0: From graduation parties to corporate luncheons, we all have special occasions that can use a special host location. Regardless of the event, Allianz Field is the perfect spot for you. With a variety of unique spaces to choose from, including the roof deck, stadium club, owner suite, and more, Minnesota United's home ground has a space to fit any kind of gathering. Give your event the professional treatment it deserves, learn more, and book your spot at Allianz Field today by visiting mnufc.com slash private events.
1: Welcome back to the Sound of the Loons podcast. Again, I'm Steve McPherson, stepping in for Kendra D St. Aubin, who's off covering the Women's World Cup. Uh, Very exciting stuff going on in the world of soccer all over the place, including uh, the arrival to Minnesota United of Ismail Tajuri Shradi. Uh, And I want to welcome you to the Sound of the Loons. How's it going?
3: Uh, First of all, thanks for having me. Uh, Yeah, I'm glad I'm here. And let's see what the BOSCA can can give us. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nice. Nice.
1: Um, so in terms of, you know, you, are making the move sort of in the, the middle of the season. Is it, uh, is it challenging in terms of getting acclimated to the team and sort of getting every, getting your, your, your feet under you with a new team when you haven't had the chance to have, you know, sort of the, 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 the training and stuff that comes in preseason?
3: Yeah, of course, it's, it's different than uh, than when you come to start of the season or you join a new team, where it's like uh, starting the season on a pre-season, where you get you get uh, meet uh, your new players, you get the style of the game and everything what the coach wants. That's of course is a different uh, is a different thing. But I think for me, as a from my experience now, it's uh, something where I just uh, get to uh, to adapt to it very quickly. And uh, yeah, the moving middle of the season. Um, I think the team makes it uh, very easy to me when I when I join when I join team. They work me very well, and so st- I started like right away and feel uh, feel very welcomed and start the game right away. Train with the team, understand the, understand the style of the of the club and of the coach what he wants. I think that works really uh, perfect and yeah.
1: So as far as getting acclimated to the team and uh, sort of getting familiar with it, uh, have you been able to make some friends? Are there guys that you uh, had encountered before or played with in other situations or anything like that? Like who's, who have you sort of gotten close with so far?
3: I mean, uh, to get into a new team, I I didn't know anyone uh, from, from, from exactly the team. Okay. Okay. I played, of course, with a couple against, against couple of these players who are here um, drew my, My years back with the NYCFC, but basically I didn't know anyone. Uh, The only player I played with was Donil, but he's not here anymore. Mm. So I've been in touch with him since back in LA and we're still in touch. So yeah, besides that, uh, no, I didn't know anyone. Just get to know every player and uh, get together and see who, uh, yeah, how we can connect. But it works really perfect so far. Everyone trying to help me. Everyone trying to welcome me. Everyone trying to give me some advice about the. You know about the team, about every every details inside the locker room, outside about the city. So that works, I think, uh, so far really good. And um, yeah, I appreciate that the that the guys trying to help me right away, and which is uh, which is not not normal or not is not happening in every team. So
1: that's nice. We try to be welcoming here in in Minnesota. I feel like. Have you found how have you found Minnesota to be uh, just as a place? I, I promise you, it's not always this hot. It's this is rather unusual <laughs> right now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah it's uh what i can say i i am enjoying it because i know i'm uh i enjoy every day of this of this weather of this hot weather because i know it's gonna be it's gonna be done very soon how i how i heard from everyone's gonna be uh yeah crazy winter here so i'm trying to to enjoy every moment every hour uh in this kind of weather so yeah so far is a it's a nice city is of course a little bit quiet than the other cities i lived i lived in and uh but I, I enjoy it so far, and uh, can't wait to experience it more, of course.
1: Yeah, it's a little – it's it's not quite as crazy as New York, for sure. Um, for sure. Which is <laughs> – which is, is its awesome. whole it's – It's its whole own thing, which is, which is great as well. Um, but Minnesota has a lot to offer, especially, you know, the winter is nice. I know it's a bit of an adjustment. There's some guys you would see who obviously couldn't – didn't really want to deal with the with the cold weather out here practicing always in the the knit caps and things like that. But um, you know, so far um, I feel like there's there's been a couple really cold games, but you know, n- not not terribly snowed in so far. I think in, in Minnesota United's history. So
3: yeah, so we hope
1: this year as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> keep that run going. So, <laughs> um, yeah, you mentioned playing you know playing against Minnesota United. Uh, I mean, I hate I hate to bring it up, but uh, you know, for the inaugural home opener. At Allianz Field back in 2019, I think it was April 13th or something like that. Uh, we were playing NYCFC, and uh, you put NYCFC ahead and then uh, made the game a draw, a three-three draw in the end. So, were there any lingering bad feelings about spoiling
3: the home opener uh, from guys on the team? <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course, I still remember the that, that moment or that game because especially we knew it's going to be an opener game for. Minnesota United and yeah, back in the time 2019 playing for NYCFC. yeah, um, as I said, as a player you want to score uh, every game or you want to win every game or you want to give your best and that's what I'm trying to do and uh, but yeah, uh, it was a good experience because especially in this in this nice stadium to have open a game there was actually amazing. I still remember the the energy from the from the crowd. How they when they scored the uh, one Minnesota scored the uh, the goal, wow! That was actually I still remember the the energy and in, the, in there, but we enjoyed it and uh, now I'm enjoying it uh, to play for Minnesota and uh, can't wait to score my home home goal like you know yeah. front of the front of our fans. <laughs> yeah, they love it. I mean, the supporters are so huge; it's fantastic
1: at Allianz Field. I I remember as well that it was Ozzy Alonso scoring that goal. Who's not? not a goal scorer per se so but he was such a, a a heart of that team uh that year that it was great it was great for him to get that first goal in Allianz field so it was fun. exactly yeah
3: I still remember that yeah too so
1: yeah so I mean you've already you know you've already scored and assisted I believe so far uh with Minnesota United uh coming off the bench so far um that first goal was against Houston it was a it was a it was a rebound right
3: yep uh yeah my first goal was not not far away from now so yeah, is uh, against Houston. No way. uh yeah, I just you know, kind of knew that maybe the ball was gonna, when I gonna gonna drop there, and that was not the right spot, and just needed to you know to finish it. And yeah, I'm happy to score my my first goal for Minnesota, and hopefully more to come.
1: Yeah, is that just part of the you know the the sort of attacking mentality that you're like you you're not gonna take it for granted that any ball is gonna go in or gonna miss. You're always gonna try to keep pressing and get up there in case that kind of thing happens.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, there is, I think a lot of goals happen when you just be, you just need to be in the right spot in the right time, right timing. And that's where the mostly of the goal happen. whenever, you know, of course it happens some amazing goals that happens not always, but mostly of the goal is going to happen when you are, you know, when you just don't give up and just trying to, you know, going after the ball whenever, even if it's the ball, not, Hundred percent, you think it's not gonna go in? Maybe the you know something happened, then you just you have to be here. So that that goal was uh, against Houston that way. I would take it. Uh So yeah, so far, and uh, as I said, uh, hopefully more to come.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's just there's so many. It, it can be such slim margins between teams. You got to take every advantage possible and. And that's one of the great things. I mean, that's one of the I, I you know, as Adrian Heath always says, like this is why attacking players get get paid the big money, because in those high leverage moments, you have to be ready to to take care of it. So um yeah, yeah that's that's awesome. What what else, what do you feel about uh sort of yourself as a player? Um, you know, obviously that we talked a little bit about that attacking mindset, but you know, what do you feel like you bring to the team? Like what's what's the thing that that you sort of try to manifest every time you go out there?
3: Yeah, as I said before, like, I think as a player, I just want to be, of course, first of all, I want to, we want to win every game. I uh, want to, I want to help the team, whatever it is, either it is with just defending, uh, which is, is not the best part from uh, from guys like us or my position or something that we don't like to defend that much. But kind of these games on this mentality, you need, you know, you need to, to defend as well and, uh, you know, help your uh, teammates, in any in any step you can. That's I'm trying to, of course, to uh, to do that, and then the other stuff as we talked before. Just uh, do my best, uh, assisting, uh, assisting goals, scoring goals, uh, creating changes. Uh, just just be be dangerous in the in the in the opening side and trying to to make a noise as uh, as much as, as I can. And that's I think uh, what kind of player I am and uh, what what I'm trying to, to bring to uh, to the team
1: nice nice that's awesome um talking a little bit about your your sort of your journey your personal journey as far as your your career you know you've been sort of all over the world you uh you were you were born in switzerland is that right
3: that right yeah born in switzerland yes
1: do you want to hear my terrible switzerland dad joke
3: please <laughs> okay please <laughs> <laughs>
1: what's
3: what's the best thing about switzerland you tell me because you have a joke so i'm, I'm <laughs> they, well, they have they a few things that's why <laughs> okay. Well, the flag is a big plus. Yeah. That's <laughs> That's my chair. Ter- <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> okay. I would, know, like, that's- I, I would take it. I would take it.
1: It's a ter- it's a terrible one. It's a terrible It's a terrible joke, but I I mean, there was we had uh the Loon's had uh drum song who was from Switzerland uh in oh, the first okay. couple <laughs> years and so uh I can't remember if I got that joke from him or if I told him that joke, but um but I'm yeah, sure you told him that joke. <laughs> probably, probably. Um, <laughs> uh, but you you play uh you play for the Libyan um national team, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what is that experience? Uh, what has your national experience been like playing for Libya?
3: Like I said, I was just born in Switzerland. After that, uh, I don't have much with it. As of course, I born there. Then after we moved to back to Libya, because as my parents, everyone are from Libya, moved there, and yeah. I would say my nationality is uh, Libya. I play for uh, Libyan national team, which is uh, yeah. When I did my debut, was a broad moment for me and especially, but more for my family. It was a huge moment to make the debut from the home country and uh, a dream come true, to be honest. So, yeah, that's um, I did a couple of games and the, the experience is just uh, it's just been amazing so far. Uh, we just because Libya is just about. As I said, football back home is only like the only sport. Uh, is like football. If you play, if you are a player, or if you play for national team, is just like yeah. You feel like this. There is something there. They they just love you. They just uh, going crazy after you, uh, which is you know which is nice and um, was so, is a great experience and hopefully more to come. Uh, but yeah, it's been it's been it's been a dream come true for sure to to play for the national team uh, of, uh, of your home country.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like having talked to some guys before about it, it's just—I mean, you always love, love to compete. Uh, you know, it's it, you, playing for your 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 country that's got a real a real thing about it. That's kind of amazing. Did you did you know any of the of the other guys on the team b- before you got on the team
3: for the national team? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure. I. Uh... I knew, I knew a couple of players. Of course, there is also some uh, new players coming, but the first time I can get in, you know, uh, I know a couple of players, especially a uh, uh, player who, he played also back in MLS with, in Muneer, he played for Orlando for LFC. So, oh, yeah. yeah, he's now one of my good uh, close friends. So, we've been always in touch there till now, and he was also a national team player. So, we I knew him very well. He'd been a while for national, so he had like over, so many games or so he knew like he got so and also of course the other couple players but for now we know each other there's more and more and i think that's the that's the key where as a national team you just have to you know work as a team you don't see each other very often or if you see each other it's just like for how long maybe a week and then you just leave Mm -hmm. and then come back after a couple months so it's but yeah um i knew some couple of players of course
1: nice yeah it seems like a very particular experience of and and sort of a tough one for coaches, I would imagine in that situation, because again, you, you as opposed to having guys in training week, week in, week out, playing games all the time, it's sort of very compressed and you got to develop that that camaraderie, that sort of togetherness and then, you know, carry it forward even over times where you're where you're maybe not going to be together.
3: Exactly. Yeah, yeah for sure. I agree. Yeah. yeah.
1: So uh, you came from uh, before MNUFC, M- M- you were in Cyprus, right? Playing for Ammonia. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, what was that? I mean, Cyprus, small island in the Mediterranean. Um, what was, what was your experience there? Like both personally, and then also in terms of the the football you actually got to play.
3: To be honest, it was a good experience. Um, before I, I went there, I, I didn't know much about the country, to be honest, as you say, there's a very small country, but when I get there, it's actually a very nice country. It's a very, uh, how was it? A holiday country where you can have a good, really good life and uh, you know always good weather nice uh, nice food so it's a good it's been a good experience to be honest I'm, I'm glad that I did it and uh, you know it's just not something like normal you can experience it as a football player but yeah uh, it was it was nice it was nice and the was the football side was of course can could be better as the team was not doing well so we've been trying a little bit but in the end we end up with the, winning the cup so we end of the season still kind of was a positive in a positive way so but yeah the club and the and the country is huge about football is there is the experience being good so it's just when you yeah if you play for kind of these teams like Omonia or the upwear or the, this kind of teams you just yeah when you go outside this you feel it like okay you play actually for this team because everyone know you Every mm-hmm. everyone trying to taking pictures and and everything so it's something we don't we don't experience that much in mls maybe but because the, it's the because cyber is just such a small country and just uh having this two two teams in Nicosia mm-hmm. so makes it of course way easier so yeah it's been uh it's been a it's been a it's been an experience i learned from it and uh yeah yeah i mean yeah i'm sure the climate is is lovely i think there's
1: a lot of worse places to be than on the island of the mediterranean <laughs> and, and doing, sure. Sure, and doing yeah. your job so <laughs> um yeah so as as far as coming back to mls um you know and coming to to minnesota united you know what were you looking forward to about getting back to mls um and sort of the you know the kind of football that's played here
3: yeah i was actually really excited to to get back to mls as a as i had very very good i would say years in mls when i played here i had um, i think my best my best years over here uh, i just loved love the uh, love the league and everything was like uh, you know it's uh, it's been it's been a great experience and i had the chance to to come back to the mls especially with this especially with this uh, with this club as a minnesota united give me the you know the opportunity and uh, yeah i just took it and uh, it's been just few what well, I say, maybe two weeks now. So we had few months uh, front of us, and uh, I'm excited and can't wait. what's the next few months gonna gonna be here? And yeah, I'm trying to to give my best and uh, to be as the best as, as I can. But as I said, it's been uh, it's been it's been great. It's been great. The opportunity was here. I took it. Minnesota was happy. I was happy. So so I'm I'm glad that I'm back in MLS, and um, it's gonna be more to come for sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, last thing I wanted to ask you I have to get your take on Messi coming to MLS and and you know what you feel like that does for for the league as a whole and just you know this the the
3: sport in the United States yeah it's uh, it's actually I don't I don't a so couple of guys like one of my closest friends I still don't believe it that he did the move to MLS uh, we either actually we just realized it now that he played the last two games and what he did it's um, I think it's it's huge it's very huge for for the I think for the country uh, for the whole country and for the league especially it's a it's a it's a it's amazing step to uh you know to be there where where, where the MLs want to be in the future I think that's a, that's a great uh, step to bring I would say maybe one of the best or one of the best. Uh, players in the history, so uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. can wait. What's what the league gonna 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 bring in the next few years, or where they're gonna be, especially with this uh, with this announcement that Messi is in Miami. So let's see yeah. what's gonna let's see what's gonna happen now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you want no scheduled games against Miami. Just, I guess you have to wait for maybe the MLS final, like right when Minnesota United exactly. is playing against. Exactly. Montreal.
3: and We take it in the playoff. That's. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes exactly <laughs> well israel taduri Shradi, thanks so much for joining us here on sound of Loons. it's been a pleasure to talk to you uh you know looking forward to your continued work on the field with minnesota
3: united appreciate thank you so guys thank you so much steve and uh happy to be with you guys see you soon all right thanks Peace out. thank you guys see-